This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you. John McClain joins us in about 25 minutes or so. You're listening to KILT and KILT HD2, an Odyssey station. Let's get to the 8 at 8, the Ocho, your eight stories to get the day started. One. Uh, Let's start with the Texans and some really good news. Uh, Bobby Slowick and Gerard Johnson, Seth, will both be back in 2024, reported yesterday afternoon. Slowick's report was the first one to drop, and it was Albert Breer who I saw first reporting it, so credit Albert Breer, saying that a few days ago Bobby Slowick actually signed a new contract with the Texans that includes a raise. He'll be back in 2024. Of course, he was up for several of the jobs he interviewed for. Um, Washington and Seattle, the only two still open. He interviewed with both of those teams. But Bobby Slowick is going to be back. And then moments, literally like minutes later, is when the news of Gerard Johnson coming back as well dropped. So C.J. Stroud, in year two, gets to really, really, truly build off of this great rookie year by getting his O.C. and his quarterback's coach back. Yeah, yeah and I think... Um... I, you know, I, I saw somebody earlier uh, texted and said that they don't see what the hubbub is about Bobby Slowick and being interviewed by all these teams. Like, wh- why were teams so impressed with him? I think, honestly, yeah, if you look at the offensive performance as a total, it's not like they were in a, a genuinely good offense or anything. It was just simply that they found a guy. If you're a team that's looking to find a young quarterback and you want somebody that can develop that young quarterback – they look at Bobby Sloak as a guy that potentially might be the key to that. And um, I, I think so whether or not that makes a good head coach, not our problem. The, our issue is you've got a guy that was working really well with, with C.J. Stroud, um, Drod Johnson likewise, and he's done things that very, very few rookies have done as passers in the NFL. And he did it really without the benefit of much rushing attack at all for most of the season. So I, I just didn't want to disrupt that. You know, yeah. like I, whether Bobby Slowick ends up being a good head coach or not, that, that, that affects me zero. 
Except I kind of hope he sucks as a head coach because then, like, then then he comes back. Back second He's tour Josh of duty. McDaniels yeah. for a while, you I would know. Like yeah, that. so you got a nice little uh, deal going there. Yep, yep. It, it's so just keeping that continuity for at least the first two years, and then maybe by the end of next year, C.J. Stroud will be an absolute expert in the Kyle Shanahan slash Gary Kubiak offense, and and he can work with somebody else. Yeah, and if Sloan gets a job, then that's an easy bump up for Gerard Johnson again. Who again? He will be back too as quarterback. So and maybe that's how Gerard was looking at it too. Like I boy. These OC jobs I'm interviewing for, either I'm not going to call plays or I'm going to a coach who's on the hot seat. And that's, you really, when you're not, the, when you're interviewing for something that's not the head coach, yeah, you really have to look at what the job security is like for the actual head coach you're going to be working for. What's the job security for the coach and two? I think for, I think for offensive coordinators, you have less control over your results than a defensive coordinator just because the quarterback himself yes. is, is so important. So, uh, like, and I think that's where, like, guys like Bruce Arians were brilliant at selecting the right situations. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how Bruce Arians was, it wasn't like, it wasn't like Roethlisberger and Andrew Luck and anybody else that Bruce Arians worked with were going to be trash quarterbacks if they didn't have Bruce Arians, you know? Um, And so, yeah, this, this puts Gerard Johnson in a spot where, all right, his, his first shot at OC might be next year with the Texans with a CJ Stroud who will be hopefully still very good, but also still ascending as a young quarterback. So you get some credit for that. Two. All right, speaking of C.J. Stroud, he was named to the Pro Bowl yesterday, named to the Pro Bowl games. Um, so he will be the third Houston Texan that will be in Orlando this weekend. Starting tomorrow, they're doing all the fun games tomorrow, things like passing precision and tug of war and all that good stuff. That's really what the Pro Bowl games are, for those who aren't aware. They don't play a football game yeah. anymore. That's tomorrow. They do play flag football, and that'll be on Sunday. This weekend, I don't like that at all. Yeah, I don't. I don't want flag football. Laramie Tunsil, Will Anderson, and C.J. Stroud are going to this thing. The only one I want participating in anything is C.J. Stroud in the the target practice because I want him to win that badly. For to your I, point, Seth, you made a great point so that free agents can watch up close at the Pro Bowl just how accurate he is. Yeah, I'm just. Uh, it, it, as soon as we said that earlier on. A bunch of people pointed out the various times that awful quarterbacks dominated the accuracy competition. It'll look different with CJ. I that's the thing. I don't need it to be a predictor of success or anything. I just need other potential free agents yeah. to look at CJ and be like, "Oh yeah, look at the ball. That's that magic that I've seen. That's it. Yeah. yeah, look at the ball come off. He barely flicks his wrist, and that thing is just yes, yeah. yes, absolutely, yes. I don't need Will Anderson getting injured in the dodgeball competition. No, I don't. Will Anderson. Here's the thing about Will Anderson. Whatever it is he participates in. He's going to go 150% balls to the wall, and I just don't need I don't need him hurting his ankle in dodgeball, you know? Are you more worried in some respects that doing something, doing a competition like this that is outside of what you normally do, but doing it in a really competitive situation might be actually way more dangerous than playing football? Maybe. Better like chance. you're running full speed, especially if they're doing If they do the dodgeball, if they do the thing where you have to run out to the center to grab the ball yeah. itself at the beginning... Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be pissed. I, they can't be that dumb to no, do that, right? I hope okay. not. God, I hope not. Three. Um, continuing with C.J. Stroud, they may just rename the Houston Sports Awards the C.J. Stroud Sports Awards after last night. It was a celebration of Stroud as at the Houston Sports Awards. Great event, by the way. Things looked fantastic. The event went very smoothly. It was a good. Congrats to Daniel Gotera and the folks from the Harris County Houston Sports Authority. Really good event. Seventh annual Houston Sports Awards. C.J. Stroud took home. Three of the major awards. Newcomer of the year on the Houston sports scene. Athlete of the year on the Houston sports scene. And then the drafting of C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson back-to-back 
was voted the moment of the year ah. in Houston sports. That's a good moment. That was a very unique moment. It was an unexpected moment. There was a, you know why? Yeah, that was really cool just because it wasn't even, you know, you might have an unexpected moment in a game, but it's still like obviously something that can happen in a football game. I didn't, um, I didn't expect uh, that one bit that that was even possible that the Texans were going to trade all the way back up to three. Yeah, that, you know what that was? And it's appropriate we bring this up, I guess, on the anniversary of the Texans hiring D'Amico Ryans. Whereas D'Amico Ryans, maybe the moment you read the tweet that he was going to be the head coach, um, it hit a certain kind of way. But it was more of a slow burn because there had been rumors, and then it got to be heavy rumors, and then he was the coach, and then you have a press conference. There was a suddenness to CJ and Will getting drafted Yeah, that felt like yeah. a surprise party of some sort. You know what I mean? The only warning we had was when Daniel Jeremiah in his final mock draft predicted that the Texans would draft. And now looking on that at hindsight, oh, like obviously he got obviously he got some kind of Maybe he got a voicemail from Cal. <laughs> I mean there's no way yeah, there's no way in hell he didn't get a tip off there. There's no way in hell he would have predicted, you know, I'm just going to think of this random thing that's never probably actually happened this way before uh, is going to happen today. We got to go back and find that. You know what? I'm going to do that during the break. I did a reaction video on it on my YouTube. Did you? And the best part of it was that some people mistakenly thought that I had predicted it. So I was getting oh, credit dude. for it. <laughs> Ride that till she bucks you. Yeah. The, the thumbnail said something like, we're going to get both. And uh, a lot of people just saw the thumbnail. And were like, this guy's brilliant. Hey, man. This guy's plugged in. Yeah, yeah. You didn't lie and say that that was your idea. You just No, God, no, no. It. The title is yeah. Daniel Jeremiah Predicts. Right, it right. It just goes to show you how who reads people don't title? actually read anything. They <laughs> who see reads pictures the title? big words. Yes. Yeah. Four. Four. Um, okay, speaking of other coaching news. Ben Johnson, who was kind of like Bobby Slowick, was this year. He was that a year ago where he took a couple interviews, decided to go back. Bobby Slowick got a little further down the interview process than Ben Johnson did last year. But the OC for the Detroit Lions for the second straight year is choosing to go back to Detroit. I think it's what's interesting with that, Seth, is that Ben Johnson choosing to go back to Detroit and Bobby Slowick choosing to come back to Houston on a new contract happened within about two hours of each other, and both were thought to be big-time candidates for the open wa- open Washington position right now. I like that uh, – I don't know. I don't quite know what to think about what this means for Washington other than that – I. it doesn't appear that Washington had actually offered anybody a job yet. Right. So it's not like people are turning down jobs. I think that Washington dragging it out might end up hurting them in that at least two of the – ostensibly good candidates. I mean, they've been interviewed multiple times. Washington was on it. They were flying on their way to Detroit, but not to offer him the job to interview Ben Johnson again, but to also interview Aaron Glenn. That's right. So in taking their time, though, now two organizations have been able to say, hold on a second. Here's a boatload of money. How about you take your name out of that, out of the ring? And uh, so I wonder if they're going to, I wonder if Washington in trying to be cautious about this ends up hurting some of their, their potential. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's a it's it's a good question. I wonder who's getting the job. You know, like yeah. like Bobby Slowick and and Ben Johnson were were the two top guys on the futures board. And so I wonder. I know Mike McDonald's interviewing for it. You mentioned Aaron yeah. Glenn. They might wind up with a defensive guy up in Washington. The other part of it is I do enjoy the fact that it seems like increasingly these offensive coordinators are becoming like b- b- college football or college baseball players where they just decide whether or not to enter the draft in a given year. Yeah. They're just like, at any given, I'm going to wait until the timing's right. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Cause I, I know like pitchers will, they'll feel like ah, if I don't get, except they'll actually get drafted and choose. Not yeah. To. 
Yeah. I, the, the thing I love about this is people, when Ben Johnson decides to go back yesterday, all the experts start going, well, that's a smart move because these jobs could be available next year. Like, okay. Like, who, who, We're going to do that again. Who just the like hell the whole knows reason what that, jobs yeah. are going to be available next year? Yeah. <laughs> You know, Mike McCarthy, if they flunk out in the playoffs, like Jerry Jones might fire Mike McCarthy and you could be the cow. Yeah, you could be. I and then and, and but if that's what you're waiting for, like th- th- you're going to sit around and wait for the Cowboys job. To it's open? it's the whole waiting for Caleb Williams dynamic. Yeah, Maybe the Texans should have just waited for Caleb Williams because they're going to be the worst team in the league yeah. next year, right? Don't you know? Right, yeah. right, right. Five. Uh, other coaching news: Arthur Smith, former head coach of the, or, I'm sorry, former OC for the Titans, former head coach for the Atlanta Falcons. He is the new offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh gets a new OC. Here's Ian Rappaport on the hire of Arthur Smith in Pittsburgh. Contract being finalized as we speak. Yeah, this is happening. And I think for Arthur Smith, he had a lot of opportunities. He was going to be an OC somewhere. Culturally, this makes a lot of sense. And look, I think the fact that the Steelers are who they are as an organization, a organization that really does it right, sort of the one of the model franchises, I would say, in the NFL, as Mike continues to get his piece of paper, one of the model franchises in the NFL, the fact that Arthur Smith can go there and be part of that was big. But learning from Mike Tomlin, understanding that culture, what he does inside the locker room, Arthur Smith is someone, yes, he's going to be a very good offensive coordinator, wants to be a head coach again. This is a perfect person to work with learn from, and then get ready for his second opportunity and probably score some points in the process. Ah, okay. That tells me that Ian Rappaport is tight with whoever represents Arthur Smith. A lot of campaigning going on there, and the very beginning, they're finalizing the contract as we speak. Well, who else would know that other than the representation for Arthur Smith or the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah. But the Nugget Hussies, they get it from the agent. So. You know, um, like if you look at the, the last year that Arthur Smith was just an offensive coordinator in 2020, yeah. The the Titans finished fifth in DVOA offensively. Yeah, they're a very good offense. Uh, like they got it. They had a big hammer that was Derrick Henry as well for 2019 and 2020. And Arthur Smith knew how to use him. I it's, it, as I was making my case for Derrick Henry uh, this morning, I was looking up some stats and I wanted to show that he still has a really good run after the uh, yards after contact. He's still amongst the free agents. He's still uh, d- the best of the notable guys with yards after contact. He was second in the league in rushing, all of that. Like Najee Harris, statistically, is in the same category in a lot of ways in terms of physical running style and what have you that, that Derrick Henry was um, when Arthur Smith had him with the Titans. So it'll be, I think, the, the, the Pittsburgh probably looks at Arthur Smith as like, yep, this is the guy we need. And if you want to get the most out of Kenny Pickett or whomever else, we got to really be old school, run the hell out of the football also, in, in set up play action, and this is our kind of guy. I, I'm way more bullish on him as an offensive coordinator. I think he's the classic guy who just might not have the personality to be a head coach or what have you, but, but really is in his element as an OC. Yeah, absolutely. Six. All right, Patrick Mahomes went on our sister station, which happens to be 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City on the afternoon show there, Carrington Harrison's uh, afternoon show. And um, he appears on there, I believe, weekly. And he explained, Patrick Mahomes did, the whole pregame dust-up with Ravens kicker Justin Tucker, in which Justin Tucker was doing some of his warm-up kicking in Kansas City territory in the pregame, and in the eyes of Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and others, getting in the way of the Chiefs' pregame 
practice ritual. Here is Mahomes on that yesterday. We saw Justin Tucker comment on it yesterday. Can you explain to us what happened before the game? Yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, it, it became a bigger deal than I think it actually was. But at the same time, I mean, I, I've had like seven years of, of kind of doing that same warm-up routine. And there's only been, a, I think, like three occasions where there's been a kicker that wasn't uh, – because uh, you usually talk to the guys, there's been a kicker that wasn't necessarily moving out the way or you, you weren't kind of – Sharing the field um, in the right way, and I mean it was in Baltimore all three times. So um, I, he does that little stuff. I think to try to get under our skin. And I asked him to move his stuff, and he and he got up and moved it. I think two inches, um, but but didn't move it out of the way. And I I, I was going to kind of let it fly, but Travis kind of got it and moved it for me. And then after that, I wasn't going to let him put it back down. So it's it's something that we we move on. I mean I have a lot of respect for him as a player and as a kicker. Um, one of the best kickers of all time, probably the best kicker of all time. But at the same time, you got to have respect for each team, and we all share the field, and we we try to do that in a respectful way. <laughs> James Palmer, uh, James Palmer talked about this with Steve Weish yeah. on the NFL Network, and James Palmer's understanding from talking to people was that yeah, the Ravens are. Uh, and Tucker himself apparently just kind of try. This is this is known that this is what he does. Uh, yeah, I'm going to swing back. As much as I hate to do it, i got to swing back in favor of Pat Mahomes. Yeah. And damn it, Travis Kelsey. <laughs> my damn it. My favorite was the way he laid out that it's happened multiple times to him. Like, yeah. he, he laid it, it out in It was always general. Baltimore. The, the, the way yeah. he laid it out, it's happened, you know, it's, happened, it's happened three times. Oh, really, Patrick? Which three times? Well, let's see. One was Justin Tucker. The other was um, Justin Tucker. And then the third time, let me think. It was uh, Justin Tucker. He's all three times now that I think about it. So, uh, it's, yeah. Okay. I'm here. I'm here at the. I'm here getting ready for the Super Bowl, and I'm talking about some my idiot kicker back <laughs> yeah, in Baltimore. Yeah, he's like doing a weird uh, Peyton Manning at the Peyton Pro Bowl. Peyton was right. Thing. All the kickers are idiots. They're all stupid. <laughs> yeah, that's. I I don't know. As it is with everything, Travis Kelsey. It's just harder to approve of it when it's Travis Kelsey. That's the whole thing. Everybody's getting it wrong with the whole ta- uh, Taylor Swift thing. It has very little to do with Taylor Swift has, herself. Yes. It's, that she's ta- it's that she's Travis Kelsey's girlfriend. I think even it's, the people it, that think it's Taylor Swift, it's actually Travis Kelsey. They, they just don't, don't realize it. They don't realize how much it's it's the fact that she's the combo yes. with Travis Kelsey yes. that's driving her insane. All right, let's do a quick number seven here. Seven, seven. 56 million people watch the NFC title game on Fox. Fourth most watched non-Super Bowl in Fox history. I say all that to say, business is good. Let's get to eight. Eight. Um, uh, story from TMZ yesterday. I'm going to tell you, Seth, right now, when I see a, a headline on TMZ, racehorse test positive for meth, PETA once trainer banned, <laughs> that's going to wind up in the Ocho, man. I'm just telling you right now. A racehorse tested positive for meth after a winning run in Ohio, which of all the states that you're going to get yeah. You're good meth in New Mexico, Breaking Bad, and then Ohio, because Ohio. Um, the trainers, the, PETA is really angry because the horse, called Gardas Legacy A, was given a blood test after winning a race at the MGM Northfield Park back in September, came back positive for D-methamphetamine, a Class 1 Category A offense, according to the U.S. Trotting Association. Um the trainer got suspended. They would, yeah. The trainer got suspended. Samuel Shikali is his name. Suspended for a year and ordered to pay a one thousand dollar fine. PETA says it's a slap on the wrist. Do you agree that a one year suspension and a thousand dollar fine is a slap on the wrist for a trainer yes. who heps up his horse on meth? That horse was probably having the time of its life. <laughs> right? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Especially trotting. 
Trotting. I'm just surprised that they would use meth for trotting. Horse people, tell me if I'm right or if I'm wrong. Yeah. I mean, part of the problem, like trotting, it takes, you know, the horse has to restrain itself from, uh, they're, they're, they're going around, like, there's a whole lot of more, uh, t- t- it's, you're not just running balls to the wall. Oh, you're saying the trotters races where they're, like, pulling those carriages and whatnot? I thought so, yeah, but okay. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's the U.S. Trotting Association is the governing body over this. Yeah. I don't know if this was an actual, like, horse-horse race or a trotters mm-hmm. race. Um, what if the horse had ADHD, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, back off, Cita. You want that thing to be out there with its brain well, all scattered? That's trying to Adderall. run a race? Well, trying to, trying to race while it... What's that? That's Adderall. That's not... Yeah, me. which is methamphetamine. Oh, is Adderall? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. Wow. Learn something new every day. <laughs> eyes lit up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> About to get myself a fictitious child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the horse did win the race, but they had to give back the 40... 4,500. Dude, a race where the winnings are 4,500 and you're hepping the horse up on meth. What are you doing? I like, that. I like that they pointed out that PETA is angry after this horse race as opposed to right. any horse race. <laughs> like PETA has been standing down for 10 years now and this finally reawoke them. Wait a second. Yeah. Is that burger cooked medium rare? <laughs> <laughs> now, now I'm angry. <laughs> All right, Payne and Pendergast <laughs> with you on a uh, Wednesday. Uh, John McClain joins Wait us. Wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> How many baby seals is that jacket made of? <laughs> yeah. It better not be more than five because I'm going to be right. angry. Right, then. right. Now Pete is setting boundaries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, John McClain's going to join us next. You're going to want to tune into this. I'm looking at John's Twitter account and um, news dropping regarding John today and his future with the station that we will um, get into with John. Uh, and we'll also talk about the Super Bowl and mix some football in with him as well. John McClain joins us next. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Hi, Payne and Pendergast with you on a uh, Wednesday. And joining us right now on the hotline, uh, is the Hall of Famer, our good friend, senior columnist at SportsRadio610.com, John McClain, joining us on the show. John, good morning. I mentioned going into the break your uh, Twitter thread that you have going on right now, 
Um, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on this heading into the segment here and we'll certainly touch on it on the way out, but this will be, this will be the last appearance you do with us here on sports radio 610 in this role that you're in. It's probably won't be the last time people hear your voice ever on the station, but your role here, uh, is, uh, is, is, is going away. <laughs> so I'll let you touch on the elephant in the room right out of the shoot. Yeah. I just want to thank you guys for having me. You know, I've been on 610. I wanted to, the way I got on there was Moose Rosenfeld, whose dad, Dickie, founded the station decades ago. Moose had tried to hire me a couple times from KTRH. And the, the Texans had been born in 99. And uh, they were 610. All the stations were competing to get the broadcast rights. And I called Bob McNair. And I said, uh, do you know which station y'all are going with? He said, well, I couldn't tell you that. And I said, uh, well... If you had an opportunity to go to Sports Radio 610, would you do it? And Bob says, well, let me talk to Jamie. That'd be Jamie Roots, who was doing all the business. Mm -hmm. And he called me a couple days later, and he said, what was the question you asked? I said, if you were on the radio at KTRH, would you move to uh, KILTAM, which is what it was called then? And he goes, Yes, I would. I said, enough said. Thank you. So <laughs> that's how I ended up at 610 with Moose Rosenfeld. And I've been trained like royalty for 24 years, and I've done 39 years in radio. Jerry Trippiano was here at the Houston Sports Awards last night, which was a great event. Congratulations to Warren Moon, Cynthia Cooper, Lance Berkman for their induction. And uh, I saw that more than 20 former Oilers came back that I had seen in forever. And I'd made an introduction about hockey, the 50th anniversary of the Arrows. And Jerry Trippiano came in from New England. And uh, it was great seeing him, introducing him. And Jack Stanfield who played such big roles with that organization. And so uh, I started going on with Trippiano in 76 when we were traveling uh, with the Arrows. And then he put me on a lot on KTRH. Then he hired me for weekly gig of on, uh, in 1985. And so it's been a great 39 year run. I still do weekly shows in Nashville, Knoxville, Las Vegas, uh, Oops, uh, San Antonio, Austin, and, uh, Waco. And so I'll still be talking, tweeting, and thank you guys for treating me as well as you have. You've been great to be on with. And Sean, I'm going to miss our Utopia football podcast. We got one more to record. Yep. Looking forward to it, John. I'm just, I'm just glad we were able to work long enough, John, to where I stopped being so psychotic all the time. So you've seen a different, <laughs> a different side of me. Yeah. I think that's called getting older. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> well, what, um, and then what, what do you have going on with the Pro Football Hall of Fame in the immediate future? Uh, well, next Thursday, let's see, next Thursday, eight days, we'll find out on the NFL Honors Show who's in a class of. 2024, and I'm keeping my fingers and my toes crossed that Andre Johnson finally makes it. I made my presentation. I did everything I could just like the first two years and hoping the third year will be a charm for Andre because it'd be great him being the first Texan. And uh, there's a lot of competition every year with Reggie Wayne and Tory Holt, but uh, I'm hoping Andre makes it because he's so deserving and knowing what it would mean for him and the Texans because I believe that Andre, as I told their selection committee, embodies 
what we want in a Hall of Fame player in every way on and off the field. Now, when I say off the field, we don't care what they do away from football, but off the field means in the locker room, in the position rooms, at practice. And as you guys know, uh, there's never been better anybody better than that than Andre Johnson. And last night when he was making a presentation, I'm trying to remember who it was that said he should be in the Hall of Fame. He made it, oh, I guess it was, I think it was Chester Pitts. They made a presentation yeah. and everybody cheered because uh, they agreed that Andre should be in the Hall of Fame. Eight more days yep, and we'll find out. We'll find out. Yeah, we can't wait. John McClain joining us here on Sports Radio 6. John, John, you mentioned the sports awards last night. I thought it was great. You did a great job with your presentation. Um, thought the ceremony was awesome. I, and maybe it's just recency bias, and maybe it's the fact that I love C.J. Stroud. I don't remember a, an athlete getting these singular, just like most different than everybody reactions to all the things that had to do with C.J. Stroud. Not just the awards when they announced his nomination, when he actually got the awards, when his highlights were shown. It was a real indicator to me of just how dominant he is in this town right now, I thought. Well, I'm hoping that uh, next year the the – Texans will win more awards, even though it's going to be a much tougher schedule. I'm hoping Andre Johnson will be honored for being in the Hall of Fame. And I'm pretty sure C.J. Stroud is going to become like an annual winner. We know he'll be nominated in a bunch of the categories. Maybe Will Anderson will be too. And one of the things I always like at the Houston Sports Awards is the moment of the year. Because we have so many big ones, and and I think uh, Promber Valdez didn't win for his no hitter, wasn't it? When Will Anderson was drafted right behind yeah, CJ, that was the moment of the year—the drafting of Stroud and Will Anderson. Absolutely, yeah. Well, congratulations to all the winners. They did a great, put on a great show, and it was great seeing so many people there I hadn't seen in years. Hey, John, let me ask you. I know we've talked to you about this uh, before. And just how you know how much you love working and just staying active and everything. Like, is there? Uh, and I like I'd imagine you're going to continue to do a boatload of um, different things in sports media. Was there ever a point where you consciously decided, like, okay, now nah, retirement's not for me. I'm just gonna. I just like doing this too much. Well, truthfully, Seth, when I retired from the Chronicle after the 2022 draft, my goal was to stay on 610 for one more season to see if the uh, Texans were going to be any better. And then I was going to ride off into the sunset. And then Mattress Mac called me immediately and wanted me to write as a columnist for uh, Gallery Sports, which was creating. We did that for 10 months before he pulled the plug. And then Parker Ellis from 610 asked me if I'd write a column for the website to kind of beef up the website. And uh, that turned into four columns, sometimes five. And asked me, hey, would you do a a podcast and I said, well, Sean, I said, sure. And that grew to three. And, uh, so I got back into it. And one of the reasons I liked, uh, writing with Brandon Scott being the boss at the website is I could write about the Astros. I could write about anything I wanted, still sp- mostly about football. And I had so much fun doing that. There was no deadlines. And I really liked the fact there was no paywall. So anything I wrote, whether people liked it or not, at least they could look at it for free and that was a, a stole mattress max free 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 uh uh phrase and so 
I had so much doing that for the website that, uh, you know, I told Carol, she always wanted me to work. She didn't want me around the house more and didn't want me traveling with her. And so I said, well, you just travel and I'll stay here, take care of Shadow, our cat. And so I had a blast doing it. And, uh, and so I'm not going to be doing it anymore. It's very sad, but I understand it. I've seen a lot of my friends get laid off and, uh, I certainly understand the nature of the business. John McClain joining us for his, his weekly visit. Um, John, before, um, before we get you out of here and I don't mean like get you out of here. I mean like for this segment, John, I'm, I'm being, I'm not being, uh, I'm not being cute with you right now. Um, before we get you out of here from this segment, um, I'm sure people want your thoughts on this Super Bowl uh, with the, the Chiefs and the and the 49ers and your early thoughts on uh, Mahomes versus Purdy here. I'm not doing something that I did in the in the last two rounds. I bet on not bet. I picked the Bills to beat the Chiefs in Buffalo. I picked the Ravens to beat the Chiefs. In Baltimore, no way am I picking against the Chiefs, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and that great defense uh, coordinated by Steve Spagnuolo. So I'd love to see the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan win because still a lot of people from the Texans organization in that organization and on Kyle's staff since he was here for four years. I want them to win, but I think it's going to be Mahomes and the Chiefs. Um, today is the one-year anniversary of D'Amico Ryan's getting hired, John. Did you know that? It's miko versus I did today. not realize yes, that. Yes, it's a great – Probably right now, the way we look, well, Gary Kubiak, when he got hired, was great. Nothing will ever beat the day in which in Atlanta the franchise was awarded to Houston. But the way D'Amico started off, uh, I truly believe that the Texans are going to win a Super Bowl. They may have to go there first and lose, but I truly believe it because the organization is in such good hands with uh, Hannah and and uh, Cal McNair and Janice McNair, the controlling owner who I talked to before games, and uh, she's doing great. And uh, and then with Nick Casario and D'Amico and Bobby Slowick and Gerard Johnson, getting new contracts is a great thing. You letting your coaches know, we will take care of you if you do a great job here. So everything is looking up for the Texans, and I can't wait for the offseason uh, to start uh, in March. Yeah, this is the mo- most built to last, I feel like, the organization's ever been. Do you feel like that's fair, John? Like, they've been in good spots before, but this feels like they're in a good spot that could that could go for a long, long time here. Absolutely. Gary Kubiak never had a great young quarterback to develop. You know, Matt Schaub was his best quarterback, and they had injuries. And, uh, and then when Bill O'Brien won, he was constantly feuding with people behind the scenes, so there was no excitement over that. But there's a buzz at NRG Stadium that I would imagine is as is good a buzz as there is around the NFL because people are so fired up and that's in, in administrative under Greg Grissom personnel under Nick Casario, everybody on the same page pulling in the same direction. John McClain, the great John McClain joining us uh, in this spot for the last time, but I'm sure we'll hear from John again here down the road and in the future. And John, I look forward to doing our last utopia podcast tomorrow. And we've always enjoyed these segments and uh, we will certainly be seeing you around my friend. I do too, Sean. Thank you very much, Seth. Thank you very much. I'll see you guys when I see you. Sounds good, John. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. John McClain joining us uh, for his final segment with us here on the show uh, today. All right, up next, the coaching process in the NFL. We've gotten a pretty good education, the coach hiring process in the NFL. We've gotten, 
I think a pretty good education on it as Texan fans over the last few weeks with Bobby Slowick and Gerard Johnson. Did the way the process lay out torpedo the two teams that lost in the conference title games this weekend? That is next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, I got to ask you something, Seth. We're And we're part of this. Like We got two weeks till the Super Bowl, so there's still some digging out from this weekend. And what were two, I, I would say, pretty noteworthy conference title games. A lot of like mini storylines inside the big storylines. One of the things I was just thinking about yesterday, and I've seen some chatter about this too, the two teams that lost this weekend, the Ravens in the AFC, and the Lions in the NFC, they had both of their coordinators. Both of those teams had coordinators who were immersed in the head coaching hiring cycle this time around, to varying degrees. Like, Ben Johnson was one of the hottest candidates interviewing with everybody. Yeah. Aaron Glenn seems to be getting a lot a lot of runs still. He's still in the running for Washington. Mike McDonald, the D.C., and those are the two coordinators for Detroit, Johnson and Glenn. The two coordinators for Baltimore – Todd Munkin had got some interviews, but I I don't know that he was a prime candidate. And then Mike McDonald is right there in the mix right now for Washington as well. He's the DC for Baltimore. Um, I I would say like of those four units, like offense, defense for the Ravens and the Lions, like Munkin was terrible. Mike McDonald was not too bad. I thought Ben Johnson made some pretty crucial tactical errors during that game. Let's say, and, yeah, the, the fourth and shorts where the, the 49ers have the worst short yardage rushing defense in the league, and he chose to pass both yeah, well, yeah. The, in Yeah, in a game where they were running all over him, yeah. Well, and then he runs on third and goal in the last minute of the game, and they don't get it. you got to use a timeout, and the game's basically yeah, over. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Glenn you know, got kind of run over in the second half of that football game. Do you, do you, do you believe that, that the distraction of looking at all these jobs factors in at all when it comes to these well, guys? Okay, so and then we'd have to add, uh, you know, we'd have to add that Bobby Slowick in the game against the Ravens interviewed the day of the game. Yep. The, the thing there was that both he, Todd Monken, and Mike McDonald 
the the coordinators who weren't head coaches in that game all interviewed that same day. So I guess maybe it's a wash in that instance. Yeah, I think it was the Friday before the game that they interviewed. Okay. Like the day I before that the there game. there were anyway, regardless. Yeah. They, uh, the, they interviewed that weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's almost impossible that it doesn't have some effect on you just because you're adding one extra stressful situation to a day that's already stressful. And I like I I don't think it's I don't think it would have an extreme effect or anything, but you always just wonder, all right man, you've you've only got so much mental sharpness in you in a day. Mm-hmm. And are you like are you are you emptying that cup a little bit? To the point where you're just not quite as quick as you otherwise would have been. Yeah. If you're a, if you're a chess master, do we have any chess masters in the audience? <laughs> I only, I'll only take the highest levels of chess master. <laughs> whatever the, whatever they are. What is their grand chess master or something? I yeah. don't know. All right. If you, if you, the, I would imagine you get tired as the day goes on, right? If you're, yeah. in a, if if you're playing multiple chess matches, probably. And yeah. that that first interview or two. Those could be like chess matches, and all yep. of a sudden you've got the third chess match, <laughs> and maybe your guy, the the opponent on the other side, doesn't have a chess match that day. <laughs> um, I think our that's show a valid. That, that's the thing now. These chess people, they're all working out extra hard and watching the nutrition. Like yeah, that. yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, putting buzzers up their butts too. Apparently, apparently, apparently. Um, so yeah, I just I, I wonder if the NFL is going to do kind of like what college tries to do with like dead periods. I don't know if you could do it when you're talking about guys going for jobs, but like, I don't know, put like a dead period in place for the NFL where you just can't make any hires. I mean, there'd still be a ton of wink, wink hires and stuff like that. Yeah. But I just, yeah, I feel, I feel like sometimes yeah, like, the good teams yeah, like, get, re- this is detrimental to the good teams. Some, some kind of moratorium. Yeah. I don't know what the solution is. It is, it's one of those things that maybe the league doesn't care about, but I feel like it's a, it's a, anything, anything that creates, Either distrust or bad feelings between a fan base and its team that doesn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. If there's a remedy for it, like go ahead and try to fix it. Yeah, like any kind of perception that these guys just don't have their head in the game or they're being selfish or anything. I just feel like if it's if there's a somewhat easy remedy, then go for it. I think the thing you can't do because I see you know listeners will say this sometimes, and I understand it and I get it, but they'll want they'll want their team to prohibit guys from interviewing. The problem with that is that then you you will choke off your supply, your pipeline of talented young coaching candidates yeah. immediately. Yes. Because, the, yeah, like the best and smartest and the brightest, you know, I, it'd be like if you're, a, if, you're, if you're Harvard University and you decide that, like, and by the way, you have to stay here for graduate school and medical school. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's a bad example because people are like, okay, cool. <laughs> but, or you have, to be a, you have to be a professor for five years after right. you graduate, that, yes, that's making, the analogy. Making professor salary instead of going into finance or whatever, y- they're yeah. going to have like all of a sudden a boatload of people aren't going to want to go there. Yes, you and, can't become a corporate attorney till you're 34 years old or something. Yeah, like that, that would be the one. Yeah, yeah. This money grubbing. Yeah. They're not the ponytail lawyer that Sammy is. <laughs> Sammy's got ethics. Sammy's got. He Sammy's does. got integrity. He actually. Way more than his old man, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> you hear that, Sammy's new firm? <laughs> That's right. Uh, they listen. They listen for sure. Um, I found the trade set. This goes back to earlier in the show. The moment of the year at the Houston Sports Awards was the the drafting of C.J. Stroud and yeah. Will Anderson back-to-back. And you pointed out earlier in the show that Daniel Jeremiah was the one NFL analyst, draft analyst, draftnik that 
three, like the day before the draft, April 26th is the date of this article. I think the draft was on April 27th. Daniel Der- Jeremiah puts out his last mock draft. It has the Texans taking C.J. Stroud at two and the Texans trading up from 12 to three to take Will Anderson. And yeah. here, here's the, the mock itself is very, very brief in terms of the, the, what Daniel Jeremiah has in there. But he did a video about it where they kind of aggregated this article, aggregated some of what he said in the video. In NF, uh, NFL Network draft analyst Daniel Jeremiah's fourth and final mock draft, he has the Cardinals making a trade and moving from the number three overall pick, but it is with a team never suspected previously. While teams like the Colts, the Raiders, and the Titans have been targeted as the most likely to move up, with Arizona, <clears throat> Jeremiah predicts the Texans will trade from number 12 overall to make two consecutive picks. The Texans take Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud second overall and then take Will Anderson with the pick from the Cardinals. Cardinals move back to 12 and then acquire multiple selections, which they actually moved up from 12 to 6 to draft Paris Johnson. Here was the estimate on the trade. See how close he got this. Daniel Jeremiah estimates the Cardinals would get pick 12, which they got. Give me a ding for that, Ben. They got pick 12. Ding. Um, They got pick 33. A third round pick. I don't think they got that. They got a they got a fourth round pick, I think, in the deal, if I'm not mistaken. And then the big pick that ended up going in the deal was the Texans' first round pick. Daniel Jeremiah thought it would only be their third round pick in the deal. So the Texans, Daniel Jeremiah thought it would essentially cost a second rounder this year, a third rounder this year, and a third rounder next year. Yeah. It wound up costing them a second rounder in 23, their first round pick in 24, yeah. and then there was a swap of some some day 3 picks going on at the bottom. But the big ones were the two la- the two in 23 and then the the Texans first it's, pick this year. I, yeah, as much as he nailed the actual like the, where where the picks ended up for the Texans, if he had suggested the actual price he would have gotten a lot of criticism yes. for it being unrealistically high. It, it would have been, been you know. that might have been the tell that he felt like he knew something. You know what I mean? Yeah, if that, yeah, if he were to actually get that price right. on there, yeah, right. Um, and we've talked about that a bunch. I think we're the way this year played out. I'm totally cool with the compensation. I it, it was interesting with Daniel because for one, Daniel Jeremiah, I can remember the entire draft process. He was really getting tested by hearing everybody say that the Texans weren't going to take a quarterback. And what he kept referring back to was, man, I didn't, he, like, he really didn't think the 49ers were going to take Mac Jones in 2021, yeah. 2021. Yep. And, but people remember it was just, it was just over and over again. People were just, oh, yep, it's for sure. Yep. They're de- nope. Everybody knows that the 49ers are taking Mac Jones. And he finally relented and caved. And, and projected that Mac Jones was going to get taken by the 49ers. So he kept referring to that this year where he's like, I just, I cannot, I just, I can't, there's no way I can see the Texans not taking a quarterback. Yeah. I just, I can't believe that they won't take a quarterback. And he stayed with, uh, I can't remember. Yeah. He stayed with CJ Stroud as yeah. his, uh, his mock pick. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, what's hilarious about this Daniel Jeremiah mock draft that he, he nailed essentially nailed the Will Anderson trade that you even that, that Will Anderson that that trade even gets brought up by Daniel Jeremiah shows he knew something going on I think the funny thing is you really get a flavor for who might be talking to him or leaking things because the very <laughs> next pick with the fourth pick he's got the Colts taking Will Levis so who didn't go to 33 in the draft and they took a quarterback 
It was not Will Levis. They took Anthony Richardson. So Man. he was either getting bad info from Chris Ballard or he's just yeah. not plugged into that front office at all. Yeah, the know? Will Levis thing. I wonder if that – the Will Levis thing still feels like there was some mastermind smoke being thrown Coming out by somewhere. people. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. That, like that, that – if you're – if you're a guy that somehow is con- – you're convincing people that this Will Levis is going to go to the top five and he falls as far as he did, unless there's something behind the scenes that somebody still doesn't know about. Yeah, the interesting thing, too, was that by, by the time of the draft, the final mock consensus was that Will Anderson was going to go number two to uh, the Texans. Number two, CG- okay. Yeah, that, that was uh, – so that was the most common prediction huh. amongst all of the drafts that they uh, – that they, that the consensus that NFL mock draft the ones they add up on there. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. Payne and Pendergast with you on a, um, on a Wednesday today is January 31st. It is Miko It is the one year anniversary of the Texans hiring D'Amico Ryans. I've got one voicemail saved in my phone and it is a voicemail that laid out the plan that changed the course of the Houston Texans franchise. And you're going to hear it next. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.